0: Hey, family, this is Josh Eggerson. I want to thank you for tuning in to the Faith Restored podcast. Faith Restored is a local church with a global mission to reach the lost and teach the found. And it's our hope that the word you're about to hear today encourages you, inspires you, and builds your faith. If you'd like to learn more about Faith Restored, you can visit us on our website at faithrestored.church. Now let's go live into this week's message. chapter 13, and I'm going to begin reading at verse 10. It's a familiar passage of scripture for uh, many of us who have been in church any length of time. Uh, I'm going to read uh, and give special attention uh, to verse 12. Uh, I'm reading from the New American Standard Bible. Uh, Here, the word of the Lord says, and as he was teaching Oh, he, and he was teaching in one of the synagogues on the Sabbath. There was a woman who for 18 years had a sickness caused by a spirit and she was bent double and could not straighten up at all. And when Jesus saw her, he called her over and said to her, woman, you are freed from your sickness. And he laid his hands on her and immediately she was made erect again and began glorifying God. But the synagogue official, indignant because Jesus had healed on the Sabbath, began saying to the crowd in response, there are six days in which work should be done. So come during them and get healed and not on the Sabbath day. But the Lord answered him and said, you hypocrites, Does not each of you on the Sabbath untie his oxen or his donkey from the stall and lead him away to water him? And this woman, a daughter of Abraham, as she is, whom Satan has bound for 18 long years, should she not have been released from this bond on the Sabbath day? And as he said this, all his opponents were being humiliated and the entire crowd was rejoicing, over all the glorious things being done by him I want to read verse 12 in uh, my mother's favorite translation of the Bible and maybe it will help you remember where I'm going verse 12 in the King James says and when he saw her he called her to him and said unto her woman thou art loose From thine infirmity, woman, thou art loosed. Amen. I want to preach for a little while using as a subject, he wants to set you free. He wants to set you free. Many of us need to be set free from something. Many of us tragically come to church every week bound by something, not really understanding that Christ wants to save us, but he does not want to save us simply for the sake of us being saved. But Christ wants to save us so that he can set us free. As a matter of fact, Paul says it is for freedom. That Christ has made us free. Be not entangled again in the yoke of bondage. Christ wants to set you free. Christ has no desire for you to be a Christian and to still be bound. Doesn't want you coming to worship. Bound. Doesn't want you serving in ministry. Bound. Doesn't want you singing in the praise team. Bound. But is there anybody here who knows that even though it is not the will of God for your life, for you to be bound, if you would be honest today and take off the mask of pretense, you would be able to admit that you've been coming to church for a little while and you've been bound. You know what it feels like to lift up holy hands and to have your hands lifted on the outside, but to have your arms shackled on the inside. You know what it's like to open up your mouth because you know when to say hallelujah and when to talk back to the preacher and when to say amen but on the inside your praise has been shackled it's it's, it's you're like you're going through the motions trying to make it seem like everything's okay when in actuality you have Been bound? Is there anybody here who knows what it's like to be bound, to be working on a job and seemingly successful but bound, to have relationships and it looks like you got friends that you can count on but you know that as soon as you do something they don't like and you disappoint them, they'll leave you by yourself, friends and family members. So really in actuality, you are bound and the reality is many of us are living our lives bound. When the truth of the matter is Christ desires to set us free. Christ wants you to be free. As a matter of fact, it is not just his want to. It is his will that you be free. And he has the power to make you free. That's what we find out in this particular passage of scripture. The Bible allows us to look in then on the life Of this woman, a woman who has been dealing with a particular set of circumstances. The Bible says that this is a woman, the King James says, who has a spirit of infirmity. The NASB makes it a little bit more plain. It says that she has an illness that is caused by a spirit. I'm going to come back to that. But notice what blows my mind about the woman is not what the woman is going through. But it is where we find the woman when she's going through what she's going through. Because verse 10 says that Jesus was teaching in the synagogue on the Sabbath. And the Bible says in verse 11, and there was a woman. You missed it? Let me help you. Jesus is teaching in the synagogue on the Sabbath. And a woman is there in the synagogue on the Sabbath who has been dealing with an issue for 18 years. The woman's been dealing with the issue for 18 years but the 18 year long issue does not stop the woman from coming into the church house on the Sabbath day okay I'm coming to get you some of us allow what we're going through to prevent us from coming into the house of God but this woman shows us that even when you've got an issue you still need to find a way to make it into God's house God help me the woman says look I'm bent over, I've got an issue, I can't get it straight, I can't fix it on my own, but when it's time for church, I'm going to show up. And some of us are like this woman. We don't know how we're going to get better, we don't know how God is going to fix it, but we do know that if God is going to fix it, I got the best chance of encountering God at God's house. And the problem with infirmity is Satan will try to use your issues to keep you out out of the presence of God that's why every time something happens to you close to the weekend the first thing you decide to do is that you're not going to come to church or that you're going to come late or that you're not going to serve or when something attacks your money I'm not going to give because Satan tries to cut off your blessing because he knows that your blessing is attached to the house of God but the woman says I don't care what I'm going through I'm going to be in the house of the Lord The woman has an issue, and the sickness is caused by a spirit. Look at somebody and say, it's spiritual. I know it's manifesting in the natural. I know that it's affecting your body. I know it's affecting your marriage. I know it's affecting your money. I know it's affecting your mind. But the reality is the root cause of what you're going through is spiritual. Because how many of you understand that you are not wrestling against flesh and blood? That what you're going through might affect flesh and blood. The devil might use ignorant flesh and blood people to bother you. But your battle is not in the flesh. There is something spiritual going on. God help me. I need you to see this thing so that I can help you. Because many of us have grudges with people. And that's just smoke and mirrors that keeps us from attacking the real enemy. God did not call us to fight one another. How many of y'all think y'all got enemies? I mean, for real, you got people, you got enemies, people, right? The reality is that the people that you think are your enemies are not really your enemies. How many of you got issues? The issues that you think you have are not really the issues that you have. You think you got a money issue, but it's a spirit. You think you got an issue in your relationships, but it's a spirit. And the Bible says that this woman has been dealing with this spirit for 18 years. It is interesting now. 18 is the age of maturity. So what the text is telling us is that the issue is no longer an infant. It is no longer a toddler. It is no longer an adolescent. But she's got a full grown issue on her now. And how many of us know what it's like to to have full grown issues? Come on. I, I mean, you got issues that you've been dealing with for a long time. Long enough to watch them get mature. Long enough to watch them grow up and long enough to watch them get big. You've been dealing with this kind of depression for a long time. As a matter of fact, you found ways to medicate it. You know what kind of drink you got to drink to get over this medication. Or to get over this depression. You know uh, uh, what kind of company you need to get over this kind of sickness, this this kind of depression, this kind of anxiety. You you know what kind of movies you need to turn on and what kind of places you need to go visit because you spent time with the issue. And the woman is coming to church. I'm going somewhere, I promise. The woman is going to church because she has resolved in herself. That she is going to live with this issue for the rest of her life. That me and this issue, we just gonna be together. I don't like it, but I'm trying to make the best of a bad situation. I, I I'm I'm trying. To make the best of a circumstance that I don't like. I'm, I'm trying to find the light at the end of the tunnel. And so I'm just going to suffer through this. I'm just going to deal with this issue for as long as I can. And how many of us in the building, let's be honest now, have just resolved that we're going to stay the same? I ain't going to never fix my attitude. I ain't going to never change my outlook on life. I'm always going to be a pessimist. I'm always going to deal with th- And what I found out is we typically only act like that with issues we can't fix ourselves. Because we really don't have faith in God to fix our issues. So when we find we can work our way out of a financial problem, I'll get me a second job and I'll get a plan and I'll start paying off debt. You can do that in the flesh. But my marriage just going to stay the way it's always been because it's the way it's always been. I'm going to go to the gym. I'm going to lose some weight. But I'm going to still be ugly on the inside because daddy didn't love me. We only accept what we can't do in our flesh. And the woman is at the end of her rope and she's showing up to church every week. Not expecting God to do anything. God help me. I got to ask the question. I'm not trying to make fun of nobody. But I got to ask what kind of church was she going to? To where she could come in. Messed up like she was every week. And no one even try to do anything for her. We had to know. Because the text does not say that Jesus, through his omniscience as the incarnate Christ, knew that she had been going through it for 18 years. Somebody in the building had to know her story. That means that for 18 years, she's been going to the same church, around the same folk, around the same people who have watched her in that condition and haven't tried to do anything for her. And what do you do when you come into church every week and people can see that you got issues and can see that you got pain and can see that you got sorrow and they're not trying to do anything to help you. God, help me. Who am I talking to? Some of y'all have sat in churches like that knowing good and well that you had an issue and you needed help and you needed somebody to fix it. But God says... No longer. You got to learn how to find a place uh, where when you got something wrong with you, people actually come see about you. You've got to learn how to be in a place where you can't be tolerated being the same way that you've always been. As a matter of fact, you need a church that loves you enough to see you as you are and to take you as you are, but not to allow you to stay the way that you are. let me say this the bible says verse 11 that the spirit caused her to be bent double <laughs> uh, the greek word there for bent double is a greek word that is very interesting it is Uh, It is where we get the English word prostrate. So her situation put her in a bent over position. I I I wish I had a prayer in church. Uh, She says, the text says, That life has weighed her down so heavy that she is now bent over and she can't straighten up. Literally what the text is saying is that Satan afflicted her into a posture of worship. That that she is now bent over in a position of prostration. Which is really the only position that will qualify her to be blessed in the first place. God help me. See, the problem that the devil has with you as a worshiper is he was crazy enough to let the situation knock you down. To your knees. But the most dangerous place for a worshiper to be is on their knees. God, help me. I don't know who I'm preaching to. Uh, The situation knocked the woman prostrate. But when she was prostrate, he didn't understand that that put her in a position to cry out to God all the more. And some of you need to stop tripping over your circumstance because it is your problem that positions you to get a prayer through. God help me, oh Lord. See, you wouldn't worship if it hadn't knocked you over. You wouldn't pray if life hadn't brought you to your knees. But God allowed the situation to get you to a place where it knocked you down to your knees so that you could learn how to give God praise like you're supposed to. God, help me. Oh, Lord. See, some of you were too proud to pray. Some of you were too proud to worship. But God sent a situation that took away your choice. Now you got to be bent over. God, help me. Now you got to be on your knees. God, help me. See, some of you ain't never been hurt before. You've never had the life taken out of you. You've never had a situation come and hit you over the head so hard that you're looking around for who did done it but God says when it happens I don't do it so that it can take you out I do it so that it can position you your problem then is designed to put you in position to receive from God her problem humbled her to the place of worship How do you know it? Because the Bible says that even though she was the lowest person in the room, verse 12 says, Jesus saw her. God, help me. Uh, See, some of us feel like we need to get God's attention by being the loudest person in the room. Uh, But God doesn't need you to be the loudest person in the room. He just needs you to be the lowest person in the room. God, help me. Oh, God. See, the most humble person is the person that will get God's attention. The most broken person. God does not bless you because you got a big praise if you got a puffed up heart. See, some of us are arrogant in our praise and we feel like the only time we can worship God is when something is happening for us. See, some of us don't understand. Can I help y'all? I really want y'all to understand me as your pastor. I want to make sure y'all get me. Can, Can we talk? We peoples, right? Sometimes I do things to agitate people spiritually who I know are in the flesh. I'm going to be honest. I feel like Jesus did it. I'm not him, not even close. But I want to be like my Lord. So sometimes I do stuff, Lolo, to agitate folk who I know are in the flesh. Like uh, when praise is going on. You stand up with your hands in your pocket like you're too cool to give God glory. I'm going to press that praise until you get up out of here. Why? Because if you're too proud to praise the Lord, you don't need to be up here anyway. Because it's people that need stuff from God. And maybe life hasn't brought you low enough to the place where you understand that praise is what grants you access. And ladies, I know relationship series been over, but can I help you? Don't ever connect with a man that's not a worshiper. Yeah, if if, if he's too cool to praise God, he's too cool to love you right. Because if a man can't be broken before his savior, he's not going to be able to be broken before you. If he can't honor God then he's not going to be able to honor you. If he can't lay down and worship before God, he's not going to be able to lay down his ego and his pride and his preference and his homeboy's opinion and what his mama say he should be doing. He's not going to be able to lay that down for you. And many of us are in relationships worshiping people who don't worship God. Because somebody who worship God won't let you worship them. cool. The lowest person in the room is who gets God's attention. The Bible says that when Jesus sees her, he does in a moment What has not been able to happen to her for 18 years. Pastor, why do you keep saying this? Because I want you to understand that whenever God gets involved in your situation, when God says it's over, it's over. It does not matter how long you've been in it. But when Jesus steps in. When Jesus gets involved in your situation, it can be over just like that. And I don't know who I'm preaching to today, but is there anybody here who needs a cycle broken in your life? Yeah, I'm not talking to the cute people, to the people that got their masks on, to the pretenders and to the hypocrites. But is there anybody here that can say, I've been dealing with this too long. I've had this on too long and I need God to break this thing up off of me. I'm tired of not wanting to go to sleep at night because I don't want to have to face myself in my dreams. I'm tired of being afraid to open up the door and to check my mail and to answer the phone. God said this cycle. That song in you is about to be broken. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Notice then. The last three miracles. He did not say. So the woman. Here like he said to the woman with the issue of blood. Your faith has made you whole. He doesn't say to this woman, like he said last week to Bartimaeus, your faith has made you well. He does not attribute the woman's healing in this passage to her faith. But the Bible says, woman, You are loosed. It's different when something is holding you. It's different. When something has grabbed you and when something is holding you tight and when something is trying to prevent you from being successful and trying to prevent you from being all you got to be. It's not just a disease now. It's not just blindness. It's not just an issue of blood. I got something in my bloodline that's got a hold of me. Got an issue. I'm not just a gossip because I'm a gossip. I'm a gossip because mama was messy. I'm not just mean because I got a bad attitude. I got a bad attitude because bad attitude was imparted unto me. There is a difference between a sickness and a stronghold. Some of us got bad credit because bad credit is a stronghold that's in our family. Ain't nobody's credit right. Ain't nobody's marriage healthy. Ain't nobody got a good relationship with their children. No one has a good relationship with their church. Nobody in our family does it right. And I don't just need to be healed. I need it to let me go. I don't need you to just straighten me up. But Lord, I need you to fix the spirit. God help me. Ooh. I need you to fix the spirit that has me bent over in the first place. God, help me. I, I, I got to go here. Uh, notice that the woman, Mike, has an issue. Lord, help me preach. That keeps her from being straight. God, help me. She has a problem. She's bent over and she can't make herself straight. God help me. Lord Jesus. But notice Jesus does not speak to her crooked condition. He speaks to the spirit that is causing the crooked condition. Because too many times we try to treat symptoms without addressing causes. I know that you can't get straight, but who touched you the wrong way? God, help me. I know you got issues in your mind and in your body and you're a little promiscuous, but but what is the spirit that caused you to be bent over? God help me. And too many of us are treating spiritual conditions like they the common cold, giving people Sudafed and NyQuil to address stuff that's really wrong. No, what's the matter with you? I'm speaking to a spirit now. He says, look, I ain't got to talk to you about your mannerisms, lady. (laughs) Uh, If I address the spirit, God help me. Uh, Look, Jesus never tells the woman how to walk. God help me. The woman never needs instruction on how to stand up straight. Once Jesus deals with the spirit, God help me. The Bible said that the woman straightens up on her own. God, help me. And too many of us have spent too much time trying to dress fish before we've caught them. God, help me. Trying to clean fish before they're in the boat. But Jesus says if you deal with the spirit then they'll straighten up on their own. I'll bring them back to their natural condition. God, help me. Stop preaching at people and start talking to a spirit of perversion, a spirit of infirmity, a spirit of rebellion, a spirit of witchcraft, a spirit of pride. It's a spirit. (laughs) But then that's not even the best part. He says woman thou art loosed. (laughs) You are You have been manumented. Emancipated. You have been freed from your issue. But this is one of the few instances in Scripture where that word was not enough. Jesus followed up the word the Bible says by laying his hand her. And after he touched her, God help me. After he touched her, that's when her situation changed. God help me. And I don't know who I'm I'm talking to today but there's somebody in the building who needs a touch from God God help me uh, uh, you, you're wondering why you showed up and you didn't know uh, if you should even give this church a try today you, you didn't even know if you should show up as a matter of fact what kind of church uh, has church uh, in a high school cafeteria or a junior high cafeteria I mean, anyhow but God says you showed up because you needed a touch God help me Oh uh, God you needed to touch God and you needed God to touch you back and is there anybody here who knows that a touch from God can change everything in your life. As a matter of fact, I don't know who I'm preaching to in the building, but is there anybody here who can testify that he's touched you? That he's touched some areas in your life, and when he touched those areas, nothing in your life could remain the same. That he transformed everything that was happening in your life. He touched you. And I got good news for somebody in the building today. He wants to touch you. He wants to touch you. He wants to make you whole. He wants to fix the broken things that are happening in your life. So the Bible says there are two things that I want to draw and I'm done. Uh, (coughs) The Bible says that he laid his hands on her and immediately she stood up straight. Right? But there's a problem because instead of everybody rejoicing, there are some people in the crowd that get upset because Jesus did the right thing at what they felt like was the wrong time. Jesus healed at a time where they felt like healing was inappropriate. And so they got mad at Jesus for setting the woman free. And can I tell you the crazy thing about church people? Now, these weren't uh, demon-possessed devil-worshippers that got mad. These were church people who were upset that somebody came to church and got delivered. You missed it? Let me run it back. Woman comes to church. Woman gets delivered. In church. All the non-church people are praising God. That's what the text says. But then the church people get mad because somebody came to church. The place where deliverance is supposed to happen. And got delivered. As if to suggest. That if you come to the doctor's office and get healed. That's a bad thing. It's only a bad thing if I'm capitalizing on your bondage. God help me. See, you got to realize that everybody in every church does not want you to be delivered. Because they understand that when you are not delivered, you are codependent. But when you become delivered, you are now able to exercise spirituality on your own. You're now able to not have to wait for the deacons to come see about you. You can lay hands on yourself and you can prophesy to yourself and you can talk to yourself in the midnight hour and counsel yourself. Uh, They don't want you to get free. Everybody don't want you to be free because bondage is big business for religious people. It's big business to send you to the store and make you buy clothes. It's it's big business to tell you that you can't do this unless you tithe a certain amount. It's big business to tell you that you can't do this and do that if you don't behave this way, if you don't look this way, or if you don't understand the Bible all the way and can't quote scriptures from memory. It's big business to keep people in bondage. But notice what Jesus says. Jesus says, look, he was like, How many of y'all got animals that you let loose on the Sabbath and lead them to water? He was like, How many of you have oxen and donkeys? That you don't unhook from the barn and take to lead them to water on the day of rest. He said, how much more so does this woman deserve to be free since Satan has bound her for 18 years? Jesus is saying, as people of God, we got to be careful not to put more stock in stuff than we do people. Can I tell you the reason why I believe God is going to judge the United States of America? It's because of our criminal justice system, what, what, what Dr. Michelle Alexander calls the criminal injustice system uh, in the book The New Jim Crow. Please read everything, uh, Michelle Alexander, uh, that you can get your hands on. Uh, Michelle Alexander uh, gives a social critic, criticism of America when she says we are destined for judgment because of the criminal Justice system. As a matter of fact, Dr. Michael Eric Dyson in the book Tears We Cannot Stop says it this way America is doomed for destruction. When we allow a culture that will imprison Michael Vick for years for killing dogs and send police home with pay for killing people, God help me. Uh, Because you get perverted, God help me. Uh, When you value stuff more than you value people, God help me. Now I'm not saying no punishment should have happened, but you put more value on the life of an animal, God help me, than you do on the life of a brilliant black boy who had only begun to live. And the Bible says, Jesus tells the people. How much more so does this woman deserve to be free? Don't put more emphasis on the Sabbath than you do on the people. God like you put more emphasis on your church service than you do on people. You you put more emphasis on your programs than you do on people. You you put more emphasis on your message and your sermon and how long you've studied than on people. And can I tell you, I'm the first one to tell you that what I got to say ain't more important than what God wants to do in the lives of this congregation. If worship is breaking out, you'll never see me get up here and tell the praise team to sit down because I got to preach and to move out the way because I got something I got to say. God God says, I'm doing something in the lives of the people and what you think should happen is not more important than what I'm causing to happen in this moment. You're questioning. Let me tell you how crazy church folk are. You're criticizing the one who created the Sabbath for violating the Sabbath. You're spiritual enough to know that it's the Sabbath, but not spiritual enough to know that can't nobody heal like that, but God. And I'm tired of people who pretend to be spiritual, but can't recognize God when God is moving. God is moving. And when God moves, we got to learn how to get out the way and let God do what God is doing. Last thing. And I'm, and I'm done for real. Um, these, these are just things like these are just things that stick out to me you know, in, in my study. Uh, the Bible says that the woman in verse 11 is doubled over. She's in a posture of worship, in the place of worship. But then in verse 13, the Bible says that her posture changes. And her worship starts. Look at the text. Verse 11. It's on the screen. It says, and there was a woman who for 18 years had a sickness that was caused by a spirit. And she was bent double and could not straighten up at all. She's in a posture of worship. But she's not worshiping. She's perfectly positioned to petition God on her behalf. But she's not worshiping. But verse 13 says something. And I'm in my seat. It says, and he laid his hands on her. And immediately she was made erect again. And began glorifying God. Her posture changed. But her worship started, God help me. Many of us will get blessed by God. And we'll call our friends, make a Facebook status, tweet, post. But That ain't worship. It's like if 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 my spouse is always bragging to people about how grateful she is for me, but never tells me what you tell other folk ain't honor. It's not honor until you bring it home. God help me. And so this woman says. Since God has healed me. God help me. Since God has fixed my issue. Since God has straightened me out. I'm going to stand up. And I'm not going to run out and show everybody. That after 18 years I've finally been made free. But the first thing I'm going to do. God help me. Is give God a praise. God help me. I I don't know who I'm. Who I'm talking to now, but God says the reason why some of y'all are still bent over is because I can't trust you God help me because I know that if I straighten you up and take you out of the if I stop making your situation Force you to worship then I'll miss you in church. God help me But who am I talking to who are the people that declare God? You can trust me with a blessing because if you bless me if you fix it if you turn it around I'm not gonna start skipping church once you bless me with the promotion and start golfing on Sundays and taking my family out for fishing. We get out of church before noon every week. I can fish and golf after church but if you bless me God you can trust me and some of you are wondering why God hasn't brought you out and why he hasn't fixed it and why he hasn't changed it. It's because he knows that if your situation stops forcing you to give him glory then it'll silence your praise when he brings you out but true worshiper says I don't need God to hurt me to make me give him a hallelujah I don't need God to make me feel sick enough to die for me to shout but God if you bless me God help me oh God I don't know who I'm preaching to the woman says God you can trust me and the way you know you can trust me is before I go tell my mama that I'm healed before I go tell the man that wouldn't give me a second look because I was bent over before I go show him how fine I am with my straightened out back because you healed me God I'm going to give you praise in the sanctuary and this is what I'm telling you. Look here. I'm giving you a principle now and I'm I'm done. I'm done. I promise I'm done. Try not to shout. Look. The first thing you do with a blessing determines whether or not you get more blessings. And I can tell who you worship Uh by the first person you bless with your increase. This ain't a sermon about tithing, but let me help you. The woman has an issue in her back. Her issue in her back prevents her from doing anything. She can't earn income, she probably can't find a man to love her in that condition, she can't bear children in that condition, the issue is affecting every part of her life, but when God fixes it, she don't get on Christian Mingle, she don't update her relationship status she don't start applying for jobs the first thing that she does when God fixes it is she offers that healed body to God in worship as the first fruits God help me of a changed life and I don't know who I'm preaching to in the building but somebody needs to understand that the first part of your life belongs to God when God changes your life God said the first thing you got to do is give it to me because if you give it to me I'll bless said God help me who am I preaching to don't leave me out here by myself is there anybody here that knows that when you give God the first piece God will bless every other piece is there anybody here that can say I'm living blessed off of a 90 off of an 80 better than most folk are living off of a 100 because I understand that when God increases me I don't eat my seed but I give seed back to God because he will give seed to the sower the woman says look when God changes my life. I'm giving it back to God in worship. God, help me. Let me me help you. If you don't give God the first fruit now, you're not going to give him the first fruit when he changes it. If you're not honoring the Lord now. You're not going to honor him. When he changes it. Because he's no more worthy now. Than he will be when he changes it. And if God has to straighten you up. you to understand that he's worthy of the first fruits of your life God help me oh God then you're not going to honor him when he finally changes it and I need some people here who can say God you haven't fixed it yet God you haven't transformed it yet God it doesn't look better all the way yet but I'm going to show you that you can trust me to praise you because I'm going to praise you right now God help me I know you are sleepy I know it's the first Sunday I know we've been in church for a little while, but is there anybody here who can say, i got to give him a praise now. I've got to give God glory now. I've got to show him that he can trust me now. Oh, come on. I dare you to open up your mouth and give God praise now. Because he says, woman, man, sister, brother, you are loose. Come on, I dare you to open up your mouth and give God praise. Come on, I'm not hooping. I'm not going to scream at you. I just need some praises to open up your mouth and act like you're grateful to God. Lift your hands. Father in the name of Jesus Father we thank you for your ability to heal to deliver and set free God we thank you that you are a God that won't allow us to stay bound. Won't allow us to remain in a state of infirmity. But you are a God that wants us to be free. And so God, I pray for every person in here that's bound. Every person that came in here carrying an issue. Bent over. Burdened. God, I pray that you lift their burdens in the name of Jesus. God, I pray that you strengthen them. In the name of Jesus. I pray that you heal them. In the name of Jesus. God, whatever pain, whatever issue, whatever problem, whatever infirmity that is in their life God I pray that you touch them in a special way and that you give them that freedom that they need God in the precious name of Jesus God I speak now to every person that's been in a cycle God it might be 18 years like the woman it might be 18 months it might be 18 days But Father, I speak to that cycle and declare that it is broken by the power of the Holy Ghost. That God, we will not leave here burdened with what we've been burdened with. That Father, you will give us the victory over every situation and circumstance in our life. Father, I don't care what our parents did. I don't care what our relatives did, what our loved ones did. I don't care what's happened to us, God. I don't care what the statistics say. But Father, you are a deliverer and we believe you and we count on you and we depend on you in the name of Jesus Christ. And so Father, we receive the word of the Lord that we are free, that we are loosed. The stronghold is broken in the name of Jesus Christ and we give you glory for it now. In Jesus' name. Come on, put those hands together and give God praise.